0: Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: Milwaukee.
2: Start your engines. It's time to talk about
0: all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the final inspection show presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki.
3: Good afternoon, race fans. Steve Saki, along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Arlowski. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, of course, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. It's a beautiful day to go onto the racetrack. Great Lakes Dragway is open, and um, you might be able to get some time on the racetrack. And of course our friends at David Hobbs Honda, make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com for all the best and not only new but certified used Hondas at David Hobbs Honda at DavidHobbs.com. Jeff Orloski, how are you doing there buddy?
1: Oh, fantastic Steve, how are you? Are you?
3: I'm doing great, uh, beautiful weather, we are just lucking out uh, in this early November and weekend, of course. Uh, down at Phoenix for Championship Weekend, uh, we had the Truck Race uh, Champion crowned last night. We have the F- Xfinity today, and then of course the Cup Series tomorrow. But last week it was Martinsville, and uh, I guess uh, NASCAR, when they when they uh, started up this uh, playoff program, they wanted to uh, uh, shake things up, I guess, and uh, the, things got shaken up in, uh, at Martinsville, wasn't it?
1: yeah it sure did, and uh you know i said it uh, I said it last week I said it a thousand times on the show that I root for chaos, and uh that's what we had last week i uh i let me revise that statement. I do not wish for chaos in the way of my favorite driver who has dominated the entire season. Uh, especially post-COVID break, getting knocked out before a championship championship uh, race. But that's what we got. You've got a uh, nine-time winner in the Cup Series this year that could finish no higher than fifth place in the points. So, you know, NASCAR, they shook it up. They got what they wanted. But uh, it's it's going to be hard, especially – if it's not Denny Hamlin who takes the title on Sunday, to say that it's a legitimate champion this year. This
3: year. Uh, and I thought it was very poignant, uh, and I thought Kevin Harvick really handled himself well uh, after the race, considering you know the what what ensued uh, for that race, and and he you know with him saying, uh, well, basically, uh, you know. You you can't win championships the way that uh, Petty and Earnhardt won championships back in the day, and that's certainly true, isn't it, Jeff?
1: Well, of course, yeah, it is. The, um, you know, if it uh, if it was like it was back in the day, it would just been Harvick and Hamlin, who would have gotten all the press and been, big, you know, the only two really in contention for the last month or six weeks. So, you know, I understand the chase. It keeps more drivers, more fan bases more sponsors happy and involved but you know it's not exactly a true champion
3: um, yeah you know they 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 have this and i i've been saying this for the last you know seven eight years they, they you know they, 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 they say they want to be different from stick and ball sports and they are but yet they make all these rules for them to be like stick and ball sports whether it's basketball football or baseball in which this is kind of a situation where you have uh, it's almost like the, you know the M- the NCAA men's basketball, where the number one, number one, which would have been Harvick, got knocked out in the in the, you know in the round of eight or, or round of yeah, I guess the round of eight that would be. So I mean, that if that's what NASCAR wants, that's what what they certainly got.
1: Yeah, and you know, obviously Kevin Harvick and uh, and team can't blame anybody but themselves. But when you sit there, and you know he he had, it's your regular season champion. So he took the championship uh, for the first 26 races, the quote-unquote regular season in NASCAR, got a sweet bonus with 15 playoff points, which is equivalent to points for three more wins, and he still couldn't make it to the final. And, uh, you know, when you sat there and you watched it, and the first round in um in, or the yeah the first race in in the the last round was Kansas, where he finishes second, and that was the forty lapper where mm-hmm. he couldn't get around Logano in the dirty air. So he started out the final round great, but if you want to sit there and you want to talk about just what in the hell did Rodney Childers bring to that track last Sunday, you know you couldn't have imagined a worse car. Uh, than what Kevin Harvick had, which was completely mind-boggling considering the way that they dominated
3: the entire season. Well, and and that's the case where if they would have even had just maybe one practice session, they could have figured that out. But, you know, they roll the cars off the truck, they race them, and away you go. And, you know, uh, it must have been, I would kind of like to have that, been in, in the office on Monday morning when they debriefed because it must have been a pretty serious, uh, you know, they, they really kind of screwed up the setup that they weren't able to fix it in the race at all. Because usually, you know, 500 laps at Martinsville is a long time. You have multiple pit stops. And you know somebody like Kevin Harvick and Childress, they should be able to make adjustments during the race and get it, you know, somewhat better. But they must have been just so far off that they, they weren't able to cure it and just for you know, and it's just so so frustrating. And then you know to top it off, that last you know the what, what you know trying to take out Kyle Busch on the last lap, which is something, you know, so on on Kevin Harvick, but you know he was just so desperate to to, to do something you know, to get into the race or get into the, you know, championship group of four, you know, it was just kind of sad to watch, wasn't
1: it? It was. And, you know, there's a lot of people that sat there and lit up Harvick on Twitter after he tried to, you know, basically just, you know, he dive-bombed uh, Kyle Busch and did, was trying to do whatever he could to pass him because he only needed one more point at that stage to uh, to advance. Now, I don't think that Kevin Harvick would have made that move if, instead of Kyle Busch, it was a another driver who was in the playoffs, I, uh, with a chance to advance to the final four. I don't think he would have tried it. I think he tried it just because he knew that, you know, Bush wasn't winning the championship this year. This that was his final shot at doing it, and uh, and so you know, obviously, it didn't work out for him. Bush ended up uh, continuing on, and Harvick spun out and lost a bunch more spots. But, um, you know, I I, I don't blame him for trying. But like you said, you know, it is mind-boggling because it's not like Harvick and Childers are a first-year crew chief driver combination. They've been together with each other forever. So if you want to talk about good communication on how to fix a car and what the driver needs and all that kind of stuff, and to not be able to get it done in 500 laps with all the cautions that they had, it uh, that car must have been so far off.
3: Yeah, is it just me or, you know, look just looking at the results, you know, Chase, of course, Chase Elliott won, w- went in the race, um, leading 236 laps of the 500 uh, laps at Martinsville. Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano, second and third, so, and then, and, and then, Brad Keselowski fourth, so he had Penske finishing second, third, and fourth in that race. Uh, Kurt Busch, who, you know, he didn't make it in the final four, but I mean, you got to be really impressed what that number one car has been doing, especially in how badly, unfortunately, Matt Kenseth has been running in that 42 car. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the big surprise over the last few weeks, obviously, is, is Kurt Busch being able to uh, progress as far as he did, but also Ryan Blaney finally putting together uh, some finishes and, and being as competitive as we thought he was going to be from the beginning this year, but certainly has not worked out for uh, Blaney so far, has it?
1: No, it hasn't worked out for Blaney, and,
3: you know, it kind of seems like multiple years that
1: he shows up, uh, you know, he, he'll be uh, a competitor in a few races here and there during the season, you know, um, getting the playoffs, and then when the lights get bright, he fades, and then once he gets eliminated, then all of a sudden, oh, there he is again, you know, it. Uh, it seems like he's not able to uh, to have his best finishes and his best efforts when he needs it the most. Kurt Busch, what a phenomenal year for him. And, uh, and Chip Ganassi in that number one, just absolutely phenom- phenomenal. Competitive, ran up front all season long. And, uh, you know, yes, he, he did miss the final four. He was a shocker to be in the round of eight. And like you said, when, when you see how awful Matt Kenseth was, and I'm sorry, Wisconsin, but Matt Kenseth, uh, both in, uh, in you know, performance and finishing, and, uh, the fact that he, there was nothing uh, this season that he didn't hit uh, on the racetrack, he, Matt Kenseth made himself look worse than a rookie who made a jump straight from ARCA up to the Cup Series. So the fact that Kurt Busch was able to do it basically as a quote-unquote single-car team because he had no help, his teammate was always so far back in the field and multiple laps down is even more impressive for Kurt, Kurt Busch. What what a hell of
3: a year. Yeah, it certainly has been. Uh, Steve Zatia along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Verlowski, on the Final Inspection Show, 1250 AM, The Fan and uh, you know, looking at this, you know, Clint Boyer gets a top 10 finish, you know, on his penultimate race. Uh, but then you, you look down and you see Jimmy Johnson uh, just has been struggling. And I guess what's, what's got to be frustrating for those Jimmy Johnson fans is just seeing how good the other Hendrick cars have been doing, especially Bowman. I mean, Bowman, let's face it, Bowman's not setting, setting the world on fire but he's, he's he's having a pretty pretty successful year I think for Alex Bowman. I think I think I think Mr. Hendrick would be happy with the 88 cars been doing this year but you know Chase Elliott obviously being in a position to actually win a championship is the number 1 guy there at Hendrick but Jimmy Johnson certainly uh, frustrating second half of the year pretty much all year uh, hasn't it uh, Jeff?
1: Well, of course. And uh, like you said, you know, Bowman has showed up he shows up probably three out of five, four out of five races. Especially lately, there was a, a lull in uh, in the middle towards uh, you know of the season where Hendrick really struggled out of speed, and that was all of them with the exception of Chase Elliott. He's obviously head and shoulders above anybody else in that stable. But when you want to talk about who's relieved that there is only one more race this season. It's got to be Jimmy Johnson. You know, he's just had an awful uh, last handful of years, you know, especially obviously he set the bar so high and, you know, seven championships and and everything else that that he's accomplished in in his uh, Hall of Fame amazing NASCAR career. But the last three years had to just be worse than a kick in the gut. So I think Jimmy Johnson is super happy that the year is over. I think Bubba Wallace, you know, obviously a lot to look forward to running for uh, the Jordan and Hamlin team next season. Um, How could you not be relieved to get out of the equipment that the 43 runs out there every week? You know, that's got to be a a light at the end of the tunnel for him as well. So there's definitely some, uh, some drivers not in the final four that will be happy when the checkered flag waves at Phoenix.
3: So the final four uh, for this weekend at Phoenix, Chase Elliott, uh, Hendrick Racing uh, number nine, you got Joey Logano and Michelle Penzoil, Team Penske Ford, number 22, Brad Keselowski, another Team Penske, the discount tire Ford, number two, Denny Hamlin, of course, Joe Gibbs Racing, FedEx car number 11, those are your championship four. And you know, looking at the end of those laps at Martinsville, you're thinking Harvick, Harvick should be able to get those positions. And that would have been – Denny Hamlin would have been on the outside looking in. Uh, you know, that was a possibility. Do you think uh, – I mean, what would uh, kind of the scuttlebutt if, if Denny Hamlin wouldn't been able to get into that Final Four, Jeff?
1: If he wouldn't
3: have, if he would yeah. have
1: I think it would be pretty much the same as Harvick. Uh, You know, ever since the return from COVID uh, and and that little month-long vacation that NASCAR took, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick have ran neck and neck, traded wins for most of the season. Uh, He's got, you know, the second most wins in, in the series. And all that, obviously, very deserving to get to the next round. Now, Denny Hamlin will have you know, quote unquote, Denny Hamlin weeks where, you know, there are times where he's nowhere to be seen in the top 20 on that leaderboard. And it's kind of puzzling because you see how strong that he and uh, and that FedEx team are. So when those weeks happen, you know, it definitely is a head scratcher Kevin Harvick had a whole lot less of those head scratching weeks. He just had them at the wrong time. So, you know, it, to me, complete chaos would have been if both of the, those guys missed the uh, the final round at uh, at Phoenix. But with the way that uh, you know NASCAR does the points, you knew one of them was going to get in, and uh, you know it, it's good for the sport. I think we'll have a hell of a race on uh, on you know tomorrow for for that title. You've got you know uh, Brad Keslowski he uh, he won uh, the last time NASCAR raced the tire that they're going to be running at Phoenix. You've got Joey Logano, who won at Phoenix earlier this season. You have Chase Elliott, who's got all the momentum from winning last week, and he's starting on the pole. And then you got Denny Hamlin, who's been Denny Hamlin. So, you know, it should be one hell of a finish. And, you know, while he dealt with it fantastic, uh, you could see the maturity From Kevin Harvick over the last three years of his career, but you know that fire is still burning deep inside. And, you know, if you follow, paid as much attention as I have uh, to Harvick over the course of of his career, you know that he's super pissed off that he's not in that four. So you've basically got, you know, you got the championship four, and then you got one pissed off Kevin Harvick going into the last race. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And Kyle Busch as well, you know, he finally picked up a win. There's no way that, that he wouldn't love to sit there and close out uh, the second season in a row, winning the, the final race of the year, uh, try to get momentum to, to run him into next season. So, you know, it, uh, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be awesome stuff on uh, uh, tomorrow
3: looking forward to it can't wait and uh yeah one more race to go in the nascar season uh for the cup series and of course the Xfinity running tonight at phoenix uh the, the for the cup race tomorrow i guess they have reached uh, the maximum capacity that they are allowed so uh some fans will be able to share in the enjoyment and so it should be a lot of fun for those guys out there out in phoenix let's take a quick break when we come back we'll talk more nascar we're talking about that exciting truck race last night On the final inspection show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com for all the best choices and not only new but certified used Hondas. Uh, Joining me of course it is Jeff Verlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb and I'm also joined uh, by Guy Hobbs. We are in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin today. Uh, the weather is too nice not to enjoy it and we'll be doing some golfing later today. so looking forward to that and uh, Jeff last night of course we uh, had the NASCAR trucks truck race the finale and you know it was it, it, Phoenix is a racy track and it, 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 it's I, I always think it's kind of interesting where when we go to Daytona and and, and uh, Talladega, where you can't drop below the yellow line and they, they, they pretend it's almost like a football field with a receiver, you know, trying to get one or both feet of his down, feet in, down in bounds. And, you, you know, you got to be so careful about the the yellow line. And then you go to Phoenix and it's pretty much, yeah, run wherever you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, it uh, it definitely is, man. Every inch of that racetrack is able and and those guys were willing to put their car there, and uh, you know you see some of those crazy uh dives to uh to the flat part on the uh on the infield and in, uh coming out of turn four it uh, It's pretty amazing. And um you know, decent race last night, not the most exciting in the world, but overall, I think the season for the trucks has been great. Uh, you know, they, uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty damn exciting. And, um, you know, this race, you had Zane Smith, you had Brett Moffitt both early, just led an absolute ton of laps. And then, uh, you know, the last probably 40 laps, uh, you know, there's a time that you're sitting there and, and Moffitt's got, uh, got a nice lead and you're like, well, there's no way in hell that, uh, that he's not going to win. And you get, you see N chasing him down through the field and he was cutting almost a half a second, a lap on a Moffitt's lead. I still think he would have came up short, but then of course that final caution comes, uh, that happens so often in the uh, truck series and the Xfinity series and, uh, throughout a lot of NASCAR overall. But, um, you know, that had to be an absolute heartbreaker for Moffitt. And then the big decision was, you know, do you come down pit road, get tires, or do you stay out and, and keep the phenomenal track position? And that was one hell of a final restart uh, when they went to uh, to the green-white checker finish, Steve.
3: Yeah, a couple points there. You know, certainly you, you got a feel for Brett Moffitt and, and what happened there with the late yellow flag. But, and it was, it was, I, I don't know how to say this, I guess it was kind of nice. I, I don't know how, what we should say, but it was a legitimate yellow flag is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it was, a uh, you know, two two trucks got together, whether it was the spotter or the driver didn't see it. He just made an ill-advised move, gone to the wall, uh, you know, and they were, you know, it was a legitimate yellow, okay, sorry for Brett Moffitt, but. They decided to stay out, and in most cases, you do that. In that case, but it just didn't work out. You could really once again see the frustration with uh, Brett Moffat, and, and, and you know he kind of—I don't want to say threw his crew under the bus, but I mean he pretty much said, "Yeah, we we screwed up. We didn't make the right call." And so I was kind of surprised at his honesty there. Uh, but I mean, hat, tip of the hat to Sheldon Creed. I mean, that was a hell of a move on the, on the last lap of the race. And, and I guess, or the, the on the last restart, I should say, and you know, it, the, the Phoenix where you're able to flare out, you can see why they moved the starting line. And I think you can kind of understand why, when they reconfigured the, the the track, why they did it, this was the reason last night is why they did that. Uh, because when they envisioned, when they did the track design, that's what they were envisioning, a uh, situation exactly like what happened on a late restart where you could see the, 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 the cars, or in this case the trucks, fan out on a restart, and then Sheldon Creed just just was able to stick it. Uh, and then going into not uh, what is now turn three, uh, made a diving move, almost got into another truck. He said he almost spun out there. Uh, once again, showing a, a car, you know, the way he's able to, you know, is uh, just able to handle a machine uh, like the NASCAR Truck Series, and, and just, and then boom, he was gone. I mean, so you know, not you know, it was not only Sheldon Creed's move on on their last restart, also a heck of a call too in the pits, wasn't it?
1: Well, yeah, and you know, I was surprised that Moffitt threw his. Uh... His crew under the bus because you know Moffat was in you know obviously going to restart uh, as as the leader after that caution on the front row so he wasn't coming to get tires and Grant Infinger wasn't going to come to get tires because he was going to be on the front row as well. There's not one crew chief in the world that when you're going to a green white checkered it's not like it's Atlanta uh, it's not like it's Daytona or, you know, uh, a, a track where where tires, you know, do matter, you've got two miles to sit there and, and cross your fingers and hope for the best. And there's no way in hell that anybody's crew chief was going to bring down the leader or the guy who's going to start on the outside of the front row to get tires there at the start of overtime. Sheldon Creed's team did. Uh, he got the fresh rubber. I want to say he came out starting maybe sixth or eighth, and, and he sure made it work, and, you know, just phenomenal. Uh, the fact that he made it stick, the fact that he almost sat there, got in, into somebody else. Zane Smith made that incredible dive bomb to try to keep the, uh, the pressure on Sheldon Creed, hoping uh, that he would, you know, slip up, make a mistake somewhere, and he could get around him. It was a phenomenal and a hell of a finish and you are right, it was it was a legitimate caution. I didn't want I don't want it to you know it wasn't one of those phantom debris cautions that we got for years and years and years in the sport. So it definitely was a phenomenal caution. If you're Brett Moffitt, you just gotta feel like your heart just got ripped out of your chest. You know, he's won the truck title before, so it's not like you know, this is some groundbreaking thing, and, and he never got to enjoy the spoils of a championship. But when Brett Moffitt won the truck title last time, the next season he was on a different team. He, he lost his ride. So, it, uh, you know, it, it it's crazy times. But, uh, you know, that was one hell of a finish, and Moffitt and Enfinger didn't come get the, the fresh rubber, and they ended up uh, pretty far down the leaderboard there,
3: Steve. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, With new, w- when the other trucks took the new tires, they were able to just move on. And, yeah, it's and it's one of those things. You've you got to take a guess. You, it's some, And we've seen it. Yeah, you know, At some tracks, you know, it, it works at some tracks and others it doesn't. I thought Kurt Busch was awesome uh, last night on the TV. And he was bringing up, I thought, a, an excellent point he brought up. He was talking about, uh, I think it was, uh phoenix and 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 richmond and he brought up a really interesting point where you know they're both smooth tracks and that but uh phoenix has a more coarse tarmac or asphalt where richmond it's a little more porous thus you get a little more tire wear at richmond Jeff Michael Waltrip ain't gonna bring up that point in a million years, is he?
1: <laughs> no, and if he did, he would, you know, put eighteen stupid comments on it and uh, and giggle and make a, an idiot out of himself. It was a hell of a uh, of a good point by Kurt. You know, we uh, we talked last segment about what an amazing season he had driving the car. I really enjoy him in the booth as well. I just wish, you know. Michael Waltrip is too animated at times. The, um, In my opinion, the NBC NASCAR coverage has just got awful with Burton and Dale Jr. And those guys. And a lot of that is because of their voices. But they're a little too animated at times as well. Kurt Busch needs to, to get a little bit more animated in his voice. He's kind of... Kind of monotone, and while he is making phenomenal points, you know it can get kind of lost because once he starts talking, it sounds like he's half asleep.
3: Yeah, he certainly does, and and uh, you know it's I, I that's why, and that you know sometimes we we I I think some of these producers lose focus. They just want to put a name in there, but you know these 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 drivers nowadays are just so good, have such good media skills and and they're kinda brought up that way. You know, not only getting laps in but also getting in those 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 media chops and Kurt's been doing this for twenty plus years. And I just thought he does so well. Kevin Harvick is really good at this, too. And we'll, we've also seen that with Clint Boyer, who's going to be doing it full-time next year. So good stuff as always. I tell you what, Jeff, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more NASCAR. And the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Honda. Inspection Show. Steve Zaki, along with the Polish pipe pump Jeff Warlowski, talking NASCAR in the first hour here on the Final Inspection Show. Uh, I'd like to thank our friends for their support all year long. Of course, that's Roy and all the fellows at Great Lakes Dragway. Just a fantastic year considering the circumstances, and we certainly appreciate the support uh, they've given not only to our show but the station here. At 12:50 a.m., the fan and uh, yes, they are open today um and you know pretty much they run until the snow flies so they have daylight hours uh today you can do some time runs on Great Lakes Railway and Jeff this is a chance for you to get your car out there they'll be doing drifting today too
1: nice yeah that's uh the drift pad that they've got is, is a ton of fun to watch and uh you know they have done a phenomenal job. Big tip of the cap to to Roy and all the people out there, his father, and uh, all the people that work out there as well. They uh, were dealt a, a pretty bad hand with uh, with Corona and everything. They've done their best, and uh, they've they've put on some amazing shows. And uh, you know, just uh, true professionals, and they run that racetrack just perfectly. I, I love it out there.
3: Yeah, it 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 certainly is, and you know, just like our friends here at Road America too, uh, the, they're continually updating the facility, and they've done that at 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 Great Lakes Driveway this year. Of course, with uh, as you drive in, you can see the repaved uh, road to going uh, as you go back towards the the pit and paddock area, I guess you can call it. And of course, not only that, but just the amenities that that they've uh, upgraded over the years. I mean, there there's not too many. Uh, too many racing facilities, especially in the upper Midwest here, where that that basically has a a full bar, and uh, (laughs) Jeff and I have uh, had had some adult beverages at that when uh, Roy has rolled out the welcome mat to us, and we certainly appreciate it. Beautiful bar. It's a really homey... uh, When you go there, it kind of feels like home, doesn't it, Jeff? It does,
1: and you know, I I plead the fifth on on, on the beverages, and and any of the shenanigans that uh, we got into out there, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, it just, it is comfortable, and it, it, the way that it's laid out, all the improvements that they've done and continue to do, you know, it shows the love that they have for the track, for the sport, and the respect that they have for the race fans by sitting there and keeping up their facilities. So they have a good clean and fun place to watch a phenomenal show it's great
3: yeah it certainly is and uh looking forward to uh you know you, you can get out there until the snow flies and then of course next year uh it's all starts over again so looking forward to that uh let's switch gears here uh of course we have the desert diamond casino west valley 200 today later this afternoon and it's going to be the four the final four for the xfinity series of course it is justin allgaier chase briscoe austin syndic syndrick and justin haley and uh you know it's kind of exciting group you have of course justin allgaier who is the veteran of the group. He's kind of, let's face it, he's kind of found a home in the Xfinity Series. But you got some hungry drivers who uh, are also running for a championship. you got Chase Briscoe, of course, who's going to be moving up to the Cup Series in the 14 car. Austin Sindrick, who's really kind of come come to age this year, hasn't he, uh, for Team Penske in that 22 Xfinity car, been running so well. And then Justin Haley, too, another up-and-coming driver uh, who's, who's done phenomenal things uh for them uh who who do you like in this one uh that kind of not 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 necessarily for the championship but just overall this year has really impressed you
1: well austin Sindrick. you know um the knock on him for a long time is that he was a road course specialist he wasn't he didn't win on ovals uh in nascar before this season he's uh he's checked that off the list a few times uh, the fact that there were a couple double headers uh, that he was able to win uh, both races at this season, you know, he, just a phenomenal year for him. Chase Briscoe, same thing. He entered the season. They said, Chase, you know, what do you think it's going to take for you to move up to the cup series after this season? And he said, I, uh, eight or nine wins. Well, he's got that and he's got the nine wins. Um, you know, moves up, takes Clint's, uh, Clint Boyer's spot, Justin Haley. You know, that kid, just a phenomenal story. So easy to root for, just a, a, a great kid and, and a ton of talent. And then, like you said, with Allgaier, you know, I really like him and and I, I do root for him. But I root for him kind of, uh, you know, with one eye open because a lot of the times he makes his own problems. And just when you think he's gonna break through and 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 show that he belongs uh racing on Sundays, he does something so stupid that it's like, Well, there goes that. It is interesting to me, Steve, that of those final four, only Austin Sindrick uh was born below the uh Mason Dixon line. You know, you've got two drivers from Indiana, you got a driver from Illinois. And then you got Sindrick, who was born in North Carolina. I, I found that kind of interesting to, uh, when, I, when I was doing some research on that today.
3: Good stuff. Uh, very good. I tell you what, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll bring Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media in. We'll talk, uh, we'll finish up our discussion with the Xfinity Series and also get our picks uh, for uh, from Dennis for the Cup Series and uh, just finish up uh, what's new in the world of NASCAR this week. So we'll take, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from D-Mike Media, it is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, Dennis.
2: Great to be here as always, Steve.
3: And uh, championship weekend, of course, uh, we had the great truck race last night. We have the Xfinity race today, later this afternoon, and then, of course, tomorrow, the Cup Series and... Uh, Uh, Just your general thoughts about the whole weekend, Dennis, so far.
2: Well, I think we so far saw in the truck race just how stupid, in my opinion, it is to have a one-race showdown to determine a winner in an auto racing series. This would be like having a Super Bowl and having the New York Jets out on the field at the same time just kind of milling around, getting in the way. To prevent a good Super Bowl game finish, I mean, you had Brett Moffitt, who was clearly the strongest uh, car in the or truck in the field last night, on his way cruising to victory with a few laps left, and then you had a backmarker uh, get into trouble, and all of a sudden we're into overtime. It comes down to one restart to determine a champion. In, in stick-and-ball sports, it makes sense to have playoffs because you don't play each other the same amount of times. And in many cases, you don't play each other all season long. So you need to go one-on-one to determine a champion. But in auto racing, we don't go one-on-one. It's not just the four final four guys out there racing. you got the full group of racers, and you have it come down to the whim of a rookie in the race, uh, you know, that's I, – I just don't like this. But, you know, congratulations to Sheldon Creed. I
1: actually picked him to win, so uh, I'm one in a row for the weekend. Well, congrats on that, Dennis. Do you think that with NASCAR starting to listen to their fans more, I think the increased uh, amount of road courses that fans were talking about for a long time – And now people are on uh, wanting more short tracks, and you got California that's going to be moving, you know, from a super speedway to a half mile track. Do you think that NASCAR is going to sooner rather than later get away from this playoff uh, format that seems to always catch a a ton of hell on Twitter? No, I don't think they will.
2: Um, But here's the thing the whole reason. The NASCAR went to a playoff is because they thought it could generate more fan interest. They can't even it, forget the fan interest. The ratings are no better for the playoff games or playoff races than they are for the end of season races that people want to see. Racing fans are different than stick and ball sport fans. Racing fans want to tune in to see the big race. So the big races will always be the ones that have the best ratings. And forget about not being able to attract the fans. They can't even attract the sports media. Um, every Monday morning, um, my morning radio show down here in Danville, and we play the ABC Sports. And there only been one time during the entire playoff run here for the NASCAR playoffs that NASCAR has made – the ABC Sports Network News, and that was when Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan announced their new racing team. Otherwise, the races themselves have not generated a single mention on a Monday morning. That should tell NASCAR that the playoffs are not working.
3: That's interesting because, you know, I've always said, uh, you know, there's room for both. And, and for the years that, especially in, if you look at, like, the, the late 90s and the early 2000s, the NASCAR was just doing their thing, and it was growing and growing and growing. And, and, and I think the, and we've said this before, I think the issue NASCAR had when they tried to sustain those, keep sustaining those, those uh, ratings and, 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 and the interest they were they were like trying too hard almost you know it's it's like the it's like the guy trying to impress the girl he's trying to hard to impress the girl and he's just kind of goofing up and I, you know i think there's a lot of us especially us core fans who were fine the way it was and i you know we understand you know things change life changes and whatnot but i think for the for the overall for the sport i don't think it has improved at all and you know and and just if they would have just sustained their fan base and and went along and just did just be a racing series and trying to all you know and especially when you start noticing these little things that these they add into uh, you, especially when they do like a pre-race and they bring up these little points that are so much like you can see the envy for the stick and ball sports when they're they're talking about out of bounds lines or even the uh like the 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 pit rules uh what we saw like in Martinsville where at least the guy was able to and I, Dennis I wanted to ask you about this uh you know with the, the the all the the pit pit lane rules that they have now it's almost like holding in football to, to <laughs> somewhat you know these guys are they're, they're just they're nitpicked all the time and 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 I, I was not aware of that because I thought that in the past I wasn't that didn't that happen to a front runner a year or two ago where the guy fell the guy was on the pit wall and he fell forward and he put his hand on the pit lane and he brought it back and they penalized for him. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. They they're so nitpicky on calling things that are, you know, violations of of the laws of pit road that didn't affect the performance at all. And that was so much against what auto racing officiating used to be. You know, there used to be a time where if something happened, well, how many times when the, the NASCAR f- officials were physically out on pit lane officiating the calls and walking around, did we see them stop a runaway tire from getting away because they didn't want it to affect the race? and they didn't cause a penalty on the team, but if that official hadn't been there, that the tire goes rolling out, and they would call penalty on the team. It's just, it is weird. Um, And in NASCAR, of course, if you have a pit stop penalty at, say, a half-mile track or even a mile track like Phoenix, if you have a pit road penalty on Sunday, during green flag pit stops, you're going to lose at least a lap. If you have that same penalty during a, a caution flag pit stop, you're just going to go to the back of the longest line. There's not even any consistency. That would be like having NFL just decide at different parts of the game uh, that the holding penalty is going to be 10 yards one play and 40 yards another play. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense to have penalties that are different Based on when it is occurring in the race, there's so many things that NASCAR does in officiating a race that yeah they're technically correct, but they are subject to that uh, they they remove the subject to interpretation thing did it gain that team an advantage well, you know if it if it did, that's when it used to be penalized now it's just death penalty for for anything they do. It's just kind of weird the way the sport has evolved. And, you know, if you want to have a playoff, that's fine. But have it be like it was in the beginning, a 10-race playoff, and whoever scored the most points in those 10 races was determined to be the champion. That, to me, was a better strategy. It didn't always give us an exciting Game 7 moment uh, at the end of the season, if you make a Game 7 moment happen every single time, every single year, it takes away the special nature of a Game 7 moment when it happens naturally.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, like Steve said, it's not and, – and like you've said, Dennis, it's not like uh, the people are tuning in in mass numbers to, to watch Phoenix anyway. We've got Game 7 tomorrow in the Cup Series, and I expect their ratings – uh, in Wisconsin to be to be great because the Packers aren't playing but if they were going up against the Packers or you know they're going up against the NFL tomorrow their ratings aren't going to blow anybody out of the water uh Dennis do you think that the uh the crew member the jack man that that went over the wall too early and got his hand back and saved the penalty for Chase Elliott do you think they would have called it the same way if that was uh Timmy Hill or uh or Gase or somebody? Uh, not uh, not NASCAR's most popular driver.
2: Yeah, that is a good question, and it's it's often the way it's been in uh, NASCAR that you know there's different levels of penalty uh, for different people when they do different things. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to say that. But um, but definitely when you end up having a winning moment. That advances you, the spotlight is on that no call a lot more, especially when it eliminates, essentially. uh, You know, if Chase Elliott doesn't win that race and somebody else does who's already locked in, then Kevin Harvick, who was clearly the best car and team all year long, would advance to the final race. So there was a lot riding on that. Um, So in those cases, I think for the integrity of the sport, you have to be consistent with what you do. But consistently inconsistent, it's, uh, NASCAR's kind of officiates the way uh, Big Ten basketball referees call a game.
3: Interesting. Uh, it's good stuff as always. Uh, I guess it's time for predictions uh, for Dennis. So who do you like in the Xfinity Series this, uh, today?
2: I'm going to take Austin Sindrick today. Ooh. So I'm getting away from my Algar usual Algar picks, uh, which means Justin Algar will probably win going away today. But no, I'm taking <laughs> Austin Sindrick to win the uh, win the thing tonight.
3: That's very interesting because everybody's picking Chase Briscoe, and with the understanding that well, Austin Sindrick will just win it next year then. So. Oh, it'll be interesting to see yep. how that happens um First goes the favorite but i'm gonna'm I'm picking Sydney. yep okay what well about good tomorrow, stuff Dennis? as always and uh, how did you do last week in fantasy football Dennis?
2: oh my goodness, it did, did really really well as usual I'm having a a real good season. my number one dynasty team is uh, seven and one going into this week so i'm uh, I'm having a good
3: year who's uh so who's pick- the hot pick this week in uh not not, uh, not not overall, but who's that one guy who might surprise people? That would be a good flex play this week.
2: Well, I'm going to give you a quarterback if you're desperate because of bye weeks. Drew Locke is going to have a big game this week, and he usually doesn't. So I'm looking for Drew Locke to be a uh, decent sleeper pick uh, there, and uh, you know that would that would be my guy to to, to point out this week. Uh, I don't like to just pick the guy who's going to have the best points. I like to pick the guys that nobody's uh, that he isn't on the radar of other people. And I'm, I'm playing drew in a couple of uh, matchups where I've got quarterback issues due to the bye weeks.
3: Well, no, yeah, Cesar especially he with, got in with, the cup with.
2: series tomorrow, cup series tomorrow. I am going to pick Kevin Harvick to win the race, but I'm going to pick chase Elliott to win the championship.
3: Ooh. okay. I like that. Okay, very good. Well, I know with uh, that Drew Locke, that's interesting because I'm sure the uh, Jerry Judy and Noah Fitt, uh, uh, owners may like that. Noah Fant's been actually picking it up the last few weeks, but uh, oh, Jerry Judy yeah. kind of suffering a bit. Uh,
2: Noah, uh, Noah Fant's been pretty consistent all season long for a tight end. I mean, he's had a few games for almost wide receiver-like points, so You're getting a good value out of Noah. He was one of my guys that I I drafted for my dynasty teams as a rookie, and glad that I've got him.
3: Good stuff, as always. All right, Dennis, we certainly appreciate you taking time out and enjoy chatting with you this year. And uh, you take care, and we'll look forward to chatting with you next year.
2: Sounds great, guys. Always enjoy listening to the show, even if I'm not on it. I appreciate you guys having me on.
3: All right, let's take a quick break as we approach the top of the hour here. Uh, We'll continue in the second hour talking a little more NASCAR, but also getting talking uh, in the world of IndyCar, Formula One, and IMSA. We're going to have Guy Hobbs here on in just a second here, and also Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com, and, of course, Jeff Orlowski will continue on too. So looking forward to it, and uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this.